BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Well, welcome everybody back to The Basement Binge. This week is kind of an interesting episode. It's an exciting one, though. We watched the movie Contagion, but my name is Harrison. I'm Kelton. And I'm Cade. And I'm uh, Jonathan from Limelight Highlight. Yeah, one of our first guests on the show, so we're excited to have him. We'll uh, give him a little introduction chance later, but we're just going to start with a spoiler wall, as always. So, All right, you ready, Cade? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right, Contagion. So, this movie we watched for our kind of quarantine special as we're going through some relevant movies that you guys might possibly be watching as well. Um, man, this movie was kind of surreal watching it this time. I saw it once before when I was like 12, right when it came out. But man, this time around was kind of nuts. Like, I don't know, the whole movie was set on this weird tone right from the beginning with the soundtrack. Like, it just felt kind of, I don't know, it's really hard. Like, I feel like surreal isn't a good word for it, but, um, it kind of makes it seem, um, as if like there's almost, you're just like spectating. I mean, I'm not part of the movie or anything, but like you're spectating the whole time. And it's just like this creepy, like soft music as you could just see like the disease, you know, do its thing and just kind of like infect a bunch of people. So watching it, I was just like, Oh my gosh. And it's actually, I found it way more interesting this time around, obviously, because, you know, the whole coronavirus going around. But um, it was definitely cool to, like, see things in the movie that have, like, that are happening in, like, real life as well. It kind of made it see a lot more relatable, but also kind of made it a little more intense. I don't know about you guys, but I was, like, shoot, like, I'm grateful for, like, how we've been able to handle everything compared to, like, the movie. Um, but I would say this movie isn't for like the faint of heart. Like there's a couple scenes where it's like kind of nuts, kind of threw me the first time I watched it. But um, if you're bored, stuck at home in quarantine, I would recommend this movie. I mean, it's kind of like a long. If you like serial killer kind of things, if you're interested in that kind of stuff, I don't know. Watching this movie at this time during the coronavirus, I feel like it has that same kind of like creepy but like entertaining factor. Um, so I would recommend watching it if you are into that kind of stuff. So go check it out. That was like a minute and 30 seconds, but. Wait, wait. Oh, frick. My bad. Well, <laughs> all right. 
That's my spoiler wall, baby. That's fine. Um, right. I'll go next. Okay, so first thing I want to point out, uh, I don't know if any of you have played this this game before, but it's uh, is it? I think it's called the it's the board it's a board game called Pandemic, and my wife and I um, we got it about oh it's like I think it's a year ago we bought the we bought the board game and it's a whole lot of fun. It's super complex and all this stuff. And watch when I first watched this movie, that's what it felt like in a way like it reminded me of that game and stuff but also just the music and the way it all went down it's like wow this is like really they were, they were pretty realistic in how it all started and how it, where the virus began and how it spread and everything it was at first it was scary but i'm like okay and then my first thought was like i need to go and find all the flaws and the plot holes that they have so i can feel better about myself <laughs> but and then I ended up end up do, ended up enjoying it more because I've looked more at like the cinematography and things like that. I would recommend this movie um, to those who just wanted to see Hollywood's take on how a virus would go. But I wouldn't recommend it for everyone. I can see my people. I can see some people might just walk out of this movie because it kind of just creeps them out, just for the circumstances right now. So you know, go watch. You know, go watch Trolls World Tour. And I want you to feel better about it. Go watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my spoiler wall. Harrison? Alrighty. Okay. So, man, this movie honestly like scared me a lot. I've never seen it before. I've never seen it before. And I was watching. I was like, I was watching it. And I, it, it felt really real. That's the one thing that this movie does super well is everything's very, very real. It's grounded in reality. Um, you know, it's a sci-fi that's extremely scientific and like even the way that a vaccine and testing is handled and oh and like the kind of like the politics of it if you will um it honestly scared me a little bit uh but it it was good like it was a oh it's like a positive fear if that makes sense like i think it's important especially with everything that's happening with the coronavirus to have like a proper understanding of things and not that this movie is like the most factual of what's happening but it's realistic and that it's similar and but as far as like a recommendation goes i'd recommend it to a few people i mean it's pg-13 but there's a, a few moments like the subject matter super heavy but like there's a few people who like die on screen and it doesn't like hide it at all and it just like kind of lets you like forces you to experience it for reality and it like i'm not a queasy person like i don't get nervous around blood or things like that but like there was two particular moments that i like my stomach was uneasy and I was like, oh my gosh, like, maybe it's because of how real it felt, but yeah, this movie is not for the faint of heart, but I think it, I, I enjoyed it. I'm not sure I'll ever watch it again, but it was, it was a positive experience while I watched it. I'd I enjoy it. It's really well made, but, you know, well made enough that it scared me. So, yeah. <laughs> Jay, yeah. I got your, I got your timer for you, Jonathan. You okay. are ready. Go for it. All right. Um, for me, right off the bat, before I even, because I heard of this movie from before, but uh, I never really paid too much attention to it until you guys told me to. Came out in 2011. The first time I it came back on my radar was now. I asked my wife if she wanted to watch it with me, and right off the bat, she's like, "What's it called?" I said, "Contagion." She's like, "Nope, I have no business. I, I don't <laughs> have zero desire to watch that movie." So she's like, "Let me know how it goes, though. I'm gonna go upstairs." I'm like, "All right, whatever." So. Like I said, the movie came out in 2011, but 
it's the first time I'm seeing it. And if you would have told me, like, like I said a little earlier, a couple years ago that this, that if I'm sorry, a couple years later, if you would have told me that, Hey, watch this movie after all this COVID-19 stuff went past, I would think, Oh, this movie's based on true events and it's our events now, you know? So it's kind of just a, a scary thing for everything going on right now. And like you said, um, I only recommend certain people to watch it cause it'll definitely raise your anxiety if um you have anybody else who's super anxious and like those germaphobes and stuff like that but i really like the way this movie plays on the details and stuff so that's my uh spoiler wall all right thanks jonathan you're you're a veteran at this (laughs) (laughs) so yeah thanks everybody for listening to our spoiler wall uh we're gonna give jonathan a chance to introduce himself on his podcast before we uh go out because he's got some pretty great things that I think all of us could appreciate with what's going on. So yeah, Jonathan, tell us about yourself. I appreciate that. Uh, my name is Jonathan Rosario. I'm the host of host producer and, um, content filler of, uh, limelight highlight podcast. And, uh, the name limelight highlight came out for, um, for me to just basically say, Hey, these are the certain things, people and organizations that I want to highlight and bring into the limelight, um, that are doing positive things in the world because, with everything, every time you turn on the news, it's something negative. Somebody got, somebody was murdered or some crazy pandemic is going on, especially now. Um, politics is a huge, huge thing um, going on in uh, the news right now. And nothing seems to be positive, you know. So um, I found that lacking in somewhat of the podcast world and in the news. So I figured why not create a, create a little niche or corner for myself that uh focuses on the positive news so i've just been doing that for about two years now trying to just continuously evolve the podcast and uh trying to get positive people more highlighted and um show people that you know in the world of doom and gloom there's a little bit of light that's shining out there and it's not all bad pretty much so yeah man i i can attest to that personally so I watched this movie Contagion this morning and then I was making breakfast afterwards and I was like, you know, I'll, I'll like try and cheer myself up. So I actually was listening to one of the episodes that Jonathan did is specifically about the coronavirus and it was like, it lifted my spirits a lot. Like, all right, it's, it's not the end of the world. Like, it's definitely not great, but it's not the end of the world because there's good people doing good things out there. So anyway, Jonathan, we appreciate being on the show, but where can uh, people find you? Um, I'm on basically every platform you can find podcasts i'm on youtube i'm on um spotify um google play or google podcast now i guess it's called i'm on apple podcasts um stitcher all, all the major platforms and and the little ones as well so wherever you find a podcast be sure to uh, go subscribe for some good news yeah, give him some love guys yeah. he's doing great work yeah, his uh, of course, as always, his podcast is going to be linked in um, the show notes. He'll be there with the Limelight podcast or Limelight highlight. I mean, so yeah, some other super quick positive thing that we want to draw attention super quick be- before we move on to the regular scheduled program is just what Pod Chaser is doing. I mentioned it in a podcast a little while ago with their reviews for good um, that they actually extended. They were only doing it for like sixteen days, but they've extended it for the whole month of April. So what it is, Podchaser is sometimes referred to as the IMDB of podcasts, where you can just find info about podcasters, a podcast show. You can listen to episodes, but you can also read reviews. That's a big part of it. 
And for every review that's submitted to any episode or any podcast, they will donate 25 cents to Meals on Wheels. And then if a podcaster replies, which we will definitely be doing, they will double their donation. So the link to Podchaser and our Podchaser and also Jonathan's will be linked below. We would love a review, but really just go review any podcast you've ever listened to ever, good or bad. Just leave as many reviews as you can because each one is going to a wonderful cause with Meals on Wheels that helps deliver meals to elderly individuals at home who are really at risk with the coronavirus and struggle to get meals. Um, Yeah, just personal insight here. I sell Medicare over the phone as my profession outside of the podcast. So I talk to elderly individuals on the phone all day and almost every single one of their biggest concern right now is getting those essentials like meals to their house. Um, And a lot of them know Meals on Wheels. They trust Meals on Wheels. So it's a wonderful group. Um, that you can help out a ton just by leaving a review for your podcast, which I'm sure the podcasters would love as well. So yeah, go check out Podchaser. Awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome because I didn't, I had no idea about any of that. Like when I when I when I heard about the the Podchaser, yeah, Podchaser thing, I, I didn't even know what Podchasers were first off. So I'm glad you explained. It's basically the IMDb of podcasts, and I should have been on that <laughs> thing for a, a while ago. But with the Meals on Wheels thing, that's that's even better. That's uh. A big plus. Yeah, so everyone go drop in and hit a review, hopefully on ours. But, I mean, like Harrison said, any other podcast, just go check it out. Leave as many reviews as you can and, you know, help out podcasts and also just help out these people who really need meals and essential items. So, go do it. Yeah, you've gotten to the end of April. And, you know, other thing, if you're new to podcasts, I personally made like five lists that I'm sending out to my friends and family of different categories of podcasts for people to get into podcasts to be able to read reviews because it takes a few seconds and really helps out people. So I'll have those different um, playlists listed that have different shows and episodes that kind of are tailored towards different uh, genres or themes. So Awesome, awesome. All great stuff. So without further ado, we'll jump into our regular regular scheduled program, in the words of Harrison, into <laughs> our first segment, first segment of our podcast. This is the Two cents. This segment is the pretty much a knee-jerk reaction to what movie that we watch. This contains it's a full two minutes that you get uninterrupted time by yourself, but that's all you get. And any other time you get cut off. So make and make every minute, make every second count. And we'll start with how about we start with? Um, I'll go first with my two cents. I'll hop into that. Okay, I'm on the clock. Let's do this. So. Contagion, I remember watching this before, and all I remember is Jude Law walking around in a, in a do-it-yourself hazmat suit. That's all I really remember <laughs> from the movie. <laughs> and uh, I realized there's a lot of big names in this movie, and so I was impressed by that. Um, I, I, my first thought was, when I first watched this was, is this going to be like too relatable for me to want to watch this or even talk about? That was like the first five, ten minutes into the movie, that's what it felt like. But Going into it, it, further watching this movie, um, I felt, I recognized, I began, since we've been doing this podcast stuff for and analyzing movies for, it's like seven, eight months, maybe nine or ten, is that I've gotten to this habit of analyzing a lot of movies and just kind of like overall looking, at like looking at different things and, and at different ways. And I noticed that the, that Hollywood tried to bring forward what what it's like to have an infectious disease in the world 
but they kind of like skip the timeline ahead with the disease so that it's like it happens so it spreads so quick where it it's very super dire and it's intense and you want to watch it rather than like it is right now it's it is still a pandemic but it's very much it's not like everyone like you get sick and in 12 seconds you're you're, go- you're a goner so i re- i recognize the difference between realistic and you know and fictional but i was impressed by the details that they went into it and cuz i don't know anything about like pandemics other than like there's get you sick but this movie did really well on cinematography and like making bringing your attention to a certain thing or a person or what someone said i was really impressed by that i was like usually that's kind of harder and they try to be a little more subtle about that but i'm out of time <laughs> all right well i want to go second if any if you guys don't mind all right Let's do this. Okay, guys, elephant in the room here. All right, the scene when the mom, like, gets her face cut off. Oh, oh my gosh. That, that like, scarred me for life. Right when this movie came out in 2011, I'm watching I was like, oh, this scene's cool, like a pandemic. Like, I'm watching it. You know, she gets sick. She dies. You just like, okay. And it goes to, like, this, like, autopsy thing. We just, oh, the noise. Of this thing, like, cutting her face off. I was like, oh, okay, I'm out. I, got, I, like, skipped forward. I hated that scene. And, like, oh. And that's what makes this movie so very interesting is that it, it draws your attention to things, maybe the uncomfortable parts of what a pandemic would bring, like, to perspective. And as you see, like, the world kind of turned to anarchy as you see people fighting just to get, like, a certain drug, just to get a meal, like breaking into homes, um, you know, just anything just to, like, survive. And so it, it, that's what I think makes it so hard to watch, especially now. It's like, you see, he's like, oh, crap, like, what if people just lose their minds, go nuts, and just start doing this crap? But um, it also makes me appreciate, like, um, like, healthcare officials, like, governmental officials, everyone just doing their part to, like, help control and, like, stabilize everything. So, like, shout out to them, you know. Um, but, man, this movie... Um, it was, like, I, I don't think I would have watched this ever again just because of that one scene. Um, but for this for this podcast, I thought it was very interesting to do it right now because it's actually, like, trending on, like, you know, like, Contagion. Um, that was another one that was, like, trending and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I thought this movie was really cool just for the fact that even though all this crazy stuff was happening, there was still awesome, genuine moments of, like, human kindness and, like, care. As you see, as the one lady who was sent in to investigate the diseases, she ends up, like, dying, and she's on the, like, deathbed. There's, like, someone else sick next to her, and he's really cold, and she's, like, offering to give her her jacket and, like, blanket. So even though it was all crazy, there were still awesome moments of kindness in the movie that really, like, made it okay and just realized that humans aren't total trash. And so that made it um, I still, like, enjoyable to watch. So... All right, who's next? All right, I'll, I'll go next. Um, so yeah, similar thing. The the scene that Kellen mentioned, where the, the head gets cut open, that was the second scene that made me queasy. But the first one is when Gwyneth Paltrow's character, the mom, when she dies, and Matt Damon, the dad, just has to like sit there and watch his wife foma at the mouth and have his seizure and like die in front of him while he's helpless, like, and his kids standing right there, all like. 
I don't have any kids, but I'm married, and that was really like traumatizing for me. Like I felt so powerless. I wanted something positive to happen, and then like that powerless feeling just carries throughout the whole movie, um, which is probably a feeling that a lot of us are feeling right now, like powerless to what's happening in the world. Um, But also like what was said before, it like seeing how bad the world in this movie gets, it made my trust in humanity and healthcare officials and government officials and the way that things have been handled that someone can argue is good or bad. Um, but generally we're staying at home. There's not, I don't see people robbing banks and maybe I'm just in a good part of the world, but like, I feel like the, the, the reaction that the world has had in reality is a lot better than this movie. I mean, it's still scary. I still feel a little bit out of control. Um, but I have a lot more trust in humanity than this movie made me feel I initially had. And it, and it, and like, I really like grasped onto how horrible it is. And then I had to take a step back and be like, no, you know, we have good people out there that are responding in a positive way. Um, because this is a real matter. I mean, things are spread around because we shake people's hands. And, you know, I kind of side note, I hope that maybe at the end of this, we stop shaking people's hands because that's just gross. But like, yeah, it was, it was, anyway, I'm getting distracted here. I really enjoyed the movie. It was well-directed, well-acted. The casting was really, like, all-star. Um, the cinematography, music was super good. Like, everything really conveyed that emotion so well. It was just a really well-made movie uh, to the point where I would never watch it again. It was made so well that it made me too uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know how much time I left, but I don't have anything else to say. Okay. <laughs> All right, I guess that okay. leaves me, huh? Yeah, you're up. All right, so... Um... Immediately when the movie starts off, I didn't really know what, I mean, it's called Contagion, so I assumed that it had to do with some type of pandemic or disease, and immediately it starts off with coughing in an airport, which is like where <sighs> this whole thing oh, starts yeah. to cough, you know, starts off with, and I seen a meme the other day on the internet, and it says coughing is like the new N-word, so like people, <laughs> people are looking at this, uh, look at you outside coughing, you know, and, and we're like, whoa, what are you doing? Um, and then they go right down to like the peanuts that she was eating because after she coughed, um, and then they take her card and then she's, you know, typing in the thing and then they go to the wet markets and then they go right into conspiracies that are mentioned online. And it's, uh, it's crazy how, how accurate it was in comparison to what's going on right now. Um, in the be- I think for me, the beginning of the movie was very, um, eerie in how similar our our situation is compared to that movie and then it kind of made me feel a little bit better when it got a lot more dramatic because it got dramatic in like like less than 20 days and we're already in like day 30 or something like that or more than the day 30 on a lockdown so it made me a little bit hopeful in that sense but man just uh monitoring you know when like when uh harrison was talking about the the cinema, the cinematography where they're they're panning to people just doing regular things like feeding their kids with their hands, um, people touching doorknobs and and the way like things are spreading like immediately it just shows you how all like that that virus is spreading and how fast it's killing people, and then you're thinking about the first thing that they started talking about in um on the news is like hey don't touch your face wash your hands in the real world and that's immediately what they start showing and talking about in the actual movie itself so it's just such a close reflection of what's going on and i think that's what makes this movie so much uh so scary in a sense for certain people so 
that's my uh my two cents nice yeah yeah again jonathan you're an expert at this so <laughs> we'll move on to our next section though which uh, it's gonna be interesting it's pick your poison this is our personal ranking here at the basement binge where we have four rankings the first one obvious one never watch again um the second one is to stream it if it was on a streaming service that you were already subscribed to and you were looking at someone to watch you'd watch it um rent pay a few bucks it's worth the price or buy you're gonna pay highest price you can for this movie to watch it a bunch of times um and kind of what rank we'd give it uh mine is probably gonna be never watch again um because i just i've i had my one time i learned my lesson i'm washing my hands i'm being more careful now <laughs> i don't need to go through that again that was that was enough but i mean it's not because it's a bad movie it is so well made that i'm not gonna watch it again one hit yeah. under yeah yeah jonathan you want to go next yeah um for me i put this movie in the in the rank category only because it's uh for me it was an interesting movie it wasn't like i like action and like sci-fi and stuff like that it wasn't action-packed but it was very interesting i had just sitting on the edge of your seat the whole time um and for those certain people who want like i think this movie is really cool as far as in a rent in a rent um form because if something like this were to happen or like me in this case i know i've said it like three times now but if I knew this movie didn't come out in 2011 and this was years later, I would think it'd be based on what's going on right now. <laughs> and I think it's a really cool vo- movie to revisit if uh, you have a friend over and you're like, hey, have you ever seen Contagion? They're like, no. And then you kind of just have that conversation like, hey, let's rent this movie, watch the movie, and then you guys can actually have a really good discussion about the movie because it has to do with, a lot with like real life. So, But I wouldn't, I wouldn't buy it because I don't think I, I, I could see myself just randomly popping this movie in whenever i <laughs> like watching something you know, so yeah. yeah friday night day night with the wife hey you want to watch contagion that was good <laughs> <laughs> no yeah, but I, it's not there uh, I, I, me. I should clarify i agree with jonathan though like if you have not seen this movie or you're with a friend and you want to have a good conversation about it it is definitely worth the rent price but like personally i i rented it i paid my dues <laughs> <laughs> anyway sorry well, no, you're good. At least for me, it was like I would definitely if this popped up on Netflix and I haven't seen it in a while, it's like, oh, what's this? I can't remember. I remember seeing this once, but I'll be willing to watch it, you know, by my own on my own or like we're we ever ran out of things to watch and stuff, and we're sick of Disney Plus and stuff, and so we just end up watching this movie. So for me, that's how that's how much this movie would be for me. I wouldn't rent it again. I would definitely just. If it's on a streaming service and yeah, I'll watch it because it's just it's it's interesting to talk about and speculate and stuff, but it's kind of like okay, we'll just let's we'll go back to I don't know Marvel movies or something yeah. <laughs> or The Office or something like that. But it's something happier, yeah, yeah easier to bear, and you know something that's just comical. I, I I love comedy and some any sort of movie, so any sort of movie. So I I don't know there wasn't. I don't know if there was any comedy in this at all. It was very much a drama. Oh, I had I did find one comedy scene, which I'm gonna share binge points. But, <laughs> but yeah, there's like one thing in the whole movie. Um, I might pick my poison right here. This one's tough. Like I thinking about it. You guys all make good points. I think this would be a very fun movie to watch with your friends if they hadn't seen it before. Um. But I think I would fall in the, the rent category here. 
Um, I mean, I rented it this time to watch it. I, I would be down to do it again, like, um, if I'm feeling, like, daring in, like, the future or something to watch it. But, um, yeah, I, this movie was... It's a good movie. Like, that's... Like Harrison said, it's not a bad movie. It just could be tough to kind of, like, handle it, I guess. Um, or to watch it, especially just now, like we've talked about. So, I would go... I would pay a couple bucks to watch it again. Um, but, yeah, I don't think... I mean, if someone was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would just say I wouldn't buy it, but I would definitely rent it. So, kind of all... A little bit spread across the board in our rankings there, or pick your poison, but... Um, Kind of general. I think we have a good feel for the movie now. Uh, but that moves us into our next segment, which is our binge points. This is when we talk about Easter eggs or just cool things we notice in the movie and we want to share. Um, so I actually have a couple. I want to start off, like I told Kay, there was one line that I totally related to that was pretty funny. It's when, um, I, I'm terrible at names, but it's like when the head dude of, I think it's the CDC, and he's talking to that agent he sent out into the field, and he's all like, Hey, so, like, when was the last time you ate something that wasn't from a vending machine? And she's all like, Taco Bell? <laughs> I totally related to that. I was like, okay, first off, Taco Bell's the bomb. And <laughs> just, like, yeah, I don't know. I just think that's, like, a super realistic thing, too, as well. Um, if you're, like, out, like, crate. Because you see, as soon as she lands, like, in the plane, she's like, I think that her assistant or that guy who's with her is like, hey, do you want to, like, go to your hotel or whatever? She's like, oh, let's just start working right now. Where's the office? Like, let's get this. Because that's kind of what you have to do. Like, the first responders, you got to get everything under control. And when she finds out there's, like, a guy who is sick, um, the guy that um, had an affair with Gwyneth Paltrow, that actor, and, like, she I mean, he's like, hey, get off the bus. We're coming right to you. Like, do not talk to anyone. Like, avoid everything. So I feel like that's pretty dang realistic. But I just thought that one line about Taco Bell was, like, super relatable. So... I like that. Behind the scenes into the podcast and Taco Bell, we used to meet at Kate's house to record it. Now we're doing it over Skype. But every single time, Kellen would probably have Taco Bell or Wendy's. But Dude, those nachos <laughs> are Those are two A1 A fast food joints for sure. They really are. Oh, yeah. Okay, I just want to point out, like, at the very end where the movie Funch explains how it all started, how it came from a freaking bat. I remember just, I was at home and I just saw that. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah you see the chef like he's you know messing with the pig and then he like he's about to go out and he just like wipes his hand on his apron and just goes out. like you fool dude like what are you doing man <laughs> it's like oh my gosh mm-hmm. see and like the thing yeah yeah the thing is if they would have showed that at the beginning of the movie i would have noticed it but at the end i was like he didn't wash his hands at that murder like <laughs> Yeah, because it's like, I don't know, I'm a, we've seen this, you know, in our other podcast episodes, but I am a sucker for, like, origin stories. So, to, like, I, the reason I was hooked on this movie is because you're thrown into the movie in, like, step two. And so, as we see, like, the virus go out, like, we just instantly know that this woman is sick, but we have no idea how she got it. And we already have, like, the context, it's about a movie about a pandemic. But to see it spread out, and then the last five minutes of the movie, it rewinds all the way back, and you see, like, where this one bat, and then it eats this piece of food, and it drops, and then a pig eats it, and then that gets, like, killed, and then it's getting, you know, in a restaurant and stuff like that. So I just think that's really cool how they, like, go back and explain everything. Um, and you can connect all the dots from, like, how um, the virus started with this one woman, and then it spread out to, like, different countries and how they interacted with everyone. So that was, I 
I like the whole idea of just that origin going back and connecting all the dots. Agreed. Uh, I'll share my Easter egg. Um, I feel like, or what is it? Binge, Binge point. point. Binge point. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still new. <laughs> but um, I felt like uh, what I really enjoyed about certain certain scenes in this uh, movie was like um, when they mentioned feels like the what is it? Uh, oh, when they mentioned certain facts, like the one percent of the world's population died from Spanish flu, like they threw that in there, or um, when he talks about why people shook shook their hands with the right hand to show that you know they're not carrying a weapon things like that like i like those little interesting facts once again you know it's kind of kind of one of those things that i really enjoy um and then you see certain certain parts where it was very subtle but you knew what was going on like when they were buying a bunch of hand sanitizer and then a bunch of canned foods in the grocery store that they talked about and then um I remember when they finally came up with the vaccine, you know, they go through the deep freezer and you see SARS and you see like the other um, vaccine that they had along with the vaccine that they're freezing or I don't know how, however they come up with that type of stuff. But the fact that we didn't, we like, we've, I guess our generation never really, we've dealt with SARS, but it wasn't as bad as what we have going on right now, which once again, just makes it feel so much more real. And this, it's right back to 2011 this came out and the dad is is making up a, a little prom for her for his daughter mm-hmm. in the house and we got kids now who aren't going to be able to graduate high school or actually at least walk down the aisle you know in the sense of in the traditional sense so i think those are the those, are those binge points that i really liked how it just it's such a close reflection of everything going on yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah i I had another binge point. Um, I actually, so I had a friend watch this, like, coincidence, um, at the same time, um, right after. I watched this a couple of days ago. But um, we had talked about it, and we noticed how it it explained um, the disease itself. Like, um, when the agent who's in the field trying to figure out this disease and where it came from, they talk about what R-naught is and how a virus, it, it basically breaks down how fast the virus spreads and it's it's crazy to compare the numbers of the virus and contagion compared to uh, COVID nineteen, and it makes me like obviously like COVID nineteen. I mean, it has affected a lot of people, and a lot of people have passed away sadly. So, um, you know, respect to all those who have been like been affected by this. But it does make me grateful it is not on such a large scale like in this movie, because like I think in the movie, if I remember right, it has like an R naught of four. And I think Corona or like COVID-19, I think if I remember right, it's like 1.5. Um, and it just, you kind of realize how insane this disease is. And it has like a mortality rate of like 33% or 30% or something like that. And like COVID-19, I think it's around like 5% or so. But it just makes you realize like how insane this was and how you had to act so fast, like literally a week or a month more of like testing and trying to find a vaccine could kill like thousands and like tens of thousands of people. And just cause it spread so fast and there was like pretty much no cure, nothing that could, that could be done. Um, so yeah, it was, it was insane. I, 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 but I did think it was cool that they did go into like detail explaining like how the virus was like, kind of like the statistics of the virus. Yeah. It also showed to me like how crucial and like, how successful social distancing can be if done properly like imagine how different this 
would have been if people would have responded better and more quickly to social distancing, which made me have a lot more respect in what everybody's been doing now. Um, but the one binge point I had is just the way that Matt Damon reacts to his wife dying. I just felt like it was so realistic and like really heartbreaking to see like, well, can I go talk to her? And like, oh, it just, that was the only one. And I, I feel like that was so relatable with what's been happening. Like, I mean, I've, I've been very blessed that no one like immediately close to me has been affected by the coronavirus, but like my cousin's father-in-law has been sick with the virus and he he's starting to recover or like another family that I went to high school with and lived together with my old neighborhood like one of the daughters has passed away sadly and like none of it really feels real to me yet because well, well part of it is like I'm not around those people so like I don't see them in the hospital I didn't go to a funeral like I didn't even get to go to my great-grandma's funeral who just passed away from natural causes not related to the coronavirus but like everything feels so like fake and like I'm waiting for life to like get back to norm like normal when like sure I think life can adjust and we can move on but like I don't think it'll be normal again because there's going to be so many adjustments especially like socially that will happen yeah Yeah. I completely agree um before you get to your bench point there's one thing you did say that that was pointed out in the movie that kind of took me by surprise I don't know if it's just me, but I've never really heard the term social distancing before. And when he says it on the um, on TV, he's like, yeah, we need to social distance. I just keep going back to it. This movie came out in 2011. And <laughs> you know, just, just seeing this now, like, it's just so crazy to me. But Oh, I, I agree. When he said that, I was like, whoa, that like that's an actual name. Like, that's not something <laughs> he came up with right now. Yeah, I, he said that. I was like, oh, I know what that is. um yeah one last binge point that i had um i so like i feel at the end i know when they're going through animal testing with like chimpanzees to find a vaccine for the virus and we see that um the doctor finally finds a virus that like or a vaccine that doesn't like where the virus doesn't kill a chimpanzee and i remember she's staring at it in the cage and then she makes the choice to just take that like serum of that vaccine and just like give it to herself and she immediately just goes and exposes herself to the virus and you know watching i was like what the freak are you doing like, are you dumb like because i was just thinking like well frick if she dies then that that means just like another less person working on the vaccine she's you know leading like the vaccine and trying to you know find the cure and everything but then, like, as I thought about this the second time around, as I see her go, and I think it was her father, correct me if I'm wrong. Okay, yeah. And so she visits him, and he's sick, and he, you know, first thing he says is, like, what are you doing? Like, I don't want to, um, like, get you sick or anything. And But she, she goes out, and then it turns out, you know, it's the vaccine, it works, and then they start spreading it out and everything. But um, I think it was very humane as we see she recognizes like look if we find the vaccine right now it will save like arguably hundreds of thousands of lives and just be able to accelerate that timetable because i think with the vaccine there's a ton of like red tape like hoops you got to jump through there's certain phases of like testing you have to do and so to see her do something like yeah it's illegal or like breaking conduct or whatever but to see her like just accelerate the trials just to get a vaccine out was very humane. And I actually really did like that part. Yeah. Sometimes they, they, what was the the thing that she mentioned before she injected herself? She says, uh, you know, human tri- trials take forever. 
So she just spread up, sped up the process, and it's like, it's just, it's just crazy that some people are willing to do stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, it reminds me of uh, a podcast that I listened to, like, months before we were even, like, quarantined. Um, and uh, he did... Th- they had like a doctor on who was saying like, yeah, even if we come up with a vaccine, it's going to take months and months to like get this all approved. And I was like, are you kidding me? So it was like, uh, you know, people are brave and it made me have a lot more appreciation for everybody involved in the process of finding a vaccine and health workers who are just like caring for people with respirators at the hospital. Like I'm just so grateful that we have so many selfless people who are, who are helping us out to, to overcome this. So thank you to all of you. Yeah. Yeah, big shout out to those to those people, freaking troopers. But I don't um, I don't have any other bench points. I'm I don't yeah. really have that many. Yeah, I'm good to go. No, I don't got any. Well, right, that well. takes us to our next segment: is least and likes. This is pick our least favorite scenes and our favorite scenes, and we compare and see if sometimes we get the same ones, sometimes we don't. Let's get to it. Um. I think we might all have the same least least favorite scene. Can we all agree on that? I don't. Where, I don't know which one's yours. What's um her, her where her scalp gets you know cut and lifted off and you know, literally see yeah. her scalp. That was no bueno. <laughs> yeah, that and it like it like lingered. It, really good filmmaking that like they just like kept it did not cut and I was like come on like just. Uh. <laughs> I almost hit like the skip ahead 10 seconds, but I was like, oh, probably won't even been enough time. It's felt so long. Yeah. Yeah. I think this movie has a lot of like least favorite scenes, <laughs> just maybe because it's so realistic. But like, I think there's a lot of honorable mentions out there. Like, like it was already mentioned, Harrison, when you watch when uh, Matt Damon watches his wife die or when he's told the news that she has passed away. Um, I'd say my least... <sighs> Uh, there's a lot, but I'd say my least favorite scene is when he finds out his son passes away too. Like, holy cow. To go from, like, your wife is on a trip, she gets home, and, like, I don't know, I I forget the timetable, but it's, like, literally, like, days later or the next day, she dies, and then her son, his son gets infected, and then he passes away too. Like, wow, I could not, I cannot understand, like, what he must be going through. And I, it's my least favorite scene just because even though I haven't gone through something like that, I... I know that that would be so hard and that I would like struggle a lot if I was like going through something like that. So that, that would be my least favorite scene. For me, my, uh, my least favorite scene was when they're digging that mass grave and the guy talked and he has like flowers in his hand. Cause he had like actual relationship with that, that, uh, she was a researcher and, um, he goes, did, you know, did we run out of body bags? He goes, yeah, we ran out of body bags. Like we, they're wait, they're stuck at the border of Canada. We're just seeing, tr- waiting to see how this plays out. Like, it got that serious that people are just wrapped up in trash bags now. And just to piggyback off of that, when Matt Damon is with um, his mother-in-law, and she's like, "We have a, you know, a grave plot," and they're like, "We, you know, I'll figure something out." But they couldn't even bury the his wife and child in the same family grave plot that they had. So it's stuff like that is just super crazy. Um, But one of my favorite scenes um, was when 
What's the actor who plays Morpheus from Matrix? I forget his name. Oh, oh yeah, I, don't, I always call him. I, Morpheus. I know you're I talking no about. <laughs> so Morpheus, uh, he goes in. Uh, he gets he gets the cure because you know all the important people are getting the the vaccine, and he gives up his vaccine to um, the janitor, the janitor's son that worked in the office. I thought that was uh, oh. one of my favorite scenes because it showed he wasn't. You know, he's obviously trying to look out for for the people he loves, but also. There's a little bit of that passion going on, so. Yeah, I think yeah, I that's I that is, I'd say that was my favorite scene because, you know, he looked toward he went toward his family and tried to help them out and save them, but then he got kind of got caught in the act almost, and the janitor's like, "Hey, I got people too," and then you see him later, like he's looking out for the little guy, and he has this like redemption moment. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's awesome! Like I just I I like that too. That's a good scene, Jonathan. My favorite would just be one of the many selfless acts, like the one you guys already mentioned. I really like that one. Or like um, the lady, the researcher who dies and like tries to give her coat to the guy, or um, or uh, Matt Damon giving making a prom for his daughter. Um, there's some others that I can't remember right now, but there's a, like there's a lot of like show and showing like selfishness and people only caring for themselves and almost like the corruption of humanity in this movie. And, you know, kind of peppered in there is those moments of truly selfless people um, giving of themselves that, you know, I really, really appreciate it. They were all my favorite. (laughs) Yeah, I think um, I'm just going to piggyback off you guys as well. I mean, the the all the compassion, like compassionate acts, I think, were my favorite parts of the movie just because it. I don't know, I'm not going to fall in here. I don't want to get too deep, but like it just made it a lot easier to watch and a lot more enjoyable cuz it, it's just hard to watch like very uncomfortable or tough things like that of watching a lot of people getting sick, a lot of people passing away and people trying to deal with like mourning or trying to survive. It could be very heavy. So being able to see these little clips of just like 5 seconds of someone going out of their way to put the general care and welfare of someone else ahead of their own made it a lot more enjoyable but before we move on really quick i just feel like someone's got to address that dirtbag news editor who like totally was just making money yeah just making money off of a pandemic and like you know he like i i think they mentioned like he what he didn't even have like the virus and here he is just like talking about like a fake medicine or whatever and like trying to sell it i just i don't know i just i had to get that out there i was like wow that guy's terrible he got, he got what came to him at the end though yeah, he got yeah. Tried to run. <laughs> i mean let's let's talk about how he was running that was that was pretty he's pretty slow runner man oh yeah if you're really trying to get away first off you're not gonna grab your bag you're just gonna take off oh you're just gonna you take off stuff later <laughs> Yeah, uh, he would suck in the game of tag. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> um, I guess it's time for that falling, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and, let's do it. Um, just to just to reiterate, what exactly like falling? Where did you guys come up with that? Before we get into it too much, too deep. How we come up with it? I remember, I remember when I was like coming up with the idea for the podcast because one of my favorite things to do is like take so i i've not graduated but i dropped out of school but when i was going to school i started to go for like a film degree and the school that I, the university i was going to like 
the one of their main focuses is like how movies and media is like they, they call it the theory of film how like it can convey an emotion and persuade our um, belief system which i find really interesting and i had um this is a turned into a long story but like the professor and the one of the tas who taught the class like focused on like really historic movies and like really obviously movies that fit that mold of persuading our beliefs but one of the other two TAs who taught the class only talked he like chose to only talk about blockbuster movies and how like a lot of people think that they're only for money which may or may not be true but like how even if it's not intentionally made there still is a persuasion of beliefs that happens by the end of the movie which I thought I think is super interesting and so I wanted to like kind of take something out about that but like in a positive way so you know let's watch these blockbuster movies but see like how there's actual truths and like applications and, and morals and things that we can take from this movie and apply to ourselves to try and become better. And then, so I was just bringing it up to the other guys and I don't remember where the name fall in came from, but that was like the idea behind it. Well, I appreciate the explanation and it, it, it helps understand a lot more what exactly the fallen is. But, um, I, for me, I wrote, or I, I kind of made some notes and I put that, um, it kind of shows how our species has faced pandemics throughout the, you know, throughout the years, mentioning different vaccines that people had to come up with and things like that. Um, I really enjoy how it reflects Congress and politics and it's not black and white, you know, kind of we're we're on the outside looking in. So all we think is, hey, if you guys got the vaccine, why not just start giving it to people or, you know, why isn't everyone getting adequate health care and it's like there's a lot of moving pieces and a lot of people and a lot of people's lives that are on the line that we don't the people in power don't even really know what to do and they're trying to make it affordable and and with you know the whole raffling off the, the vaccine in the movie yeah. it's like who are we going to give it to you know we can't pick and choose so here's a little unbiased fair way until we can come up with enough production that everybody can get this vaccine. So I just think it shows, you know, um, it's not as black and white. It's a reflection of our world today with everything going on. There's people right now protesting in the streets talking about, we don't want to be, you know, stuck at home anymore. You know, you can't, you're infringing on our rights, but at the same time, you got other people like, you got to stay at home. You got to social distance until this thing is over. It's just, it, it comes at all different aspects and, and, and viewpoints in life and you know reflecting what's going on today but um i really like the fact that there were people in the movie you know as much doom and gloom as we said before with the riots and looting um people are really putting you know sacrificing themselves putting themselves uh, uh putting others before themselves and, and trying to get them either the vaccine or some type of help and uh all of that is just it's a very re uh real reflection of what's going on today yeah i think that can yeah i think that can work like no matter i know i keep saying it's 2011 but that you know it can work for whenever like any time frame that goes on you know it's just you have those all those aspects of life so yeah i like what you said about that jonathan i've um i think what's really really cool i just thought of is that you know the good of humanity it doesn't change over generations like it always stays the same it's always people always reaching out doing good always making sacrifices for other people and reaching out and just to make people feel better or to really help their situation that 
you know, through generation, fashion, finances, economy, politics, you know, a lot, a lot of things transition or they just kind of fluctuate and stuff. But the good of humanity is constant. And that's what's really cool is that, I, you know, watching this and seeing there's some points where like people like, I think it was at the point where they're at the prescription place or they're at the, it was some sort of like pharmacy of some sort. Yeah, and fun. they said that we can only hand out like 50 at this time and then and like and like just like that they all like they threw a chair through the window it just like it just went from like zero to 60 so quick and, and i remember watching that scene i was like you know what they wouldn't do that you know there's good people like we would understand we would be patient we would there's some people that would like you know yell and be frustrated there'd be some, some frustration but there's points where like we know that I mean, we've the world has gone through two world wars. The world's gone through a lot of stuff. You know, this sickness. You know, talking about now, this sickness right now. It's it's sound. It look. It feels like a massive deal where it doesn't seem like there's an end in sight because we're at home. We're kind of just sitting and waiting per se about until it's over. And that the thing that we have to be cautious about is other people rather than like being outside because it's too because it's too cold or an earthquake or a natural disaster where it's a certain event rather than, rather than possibly somebody else. So it come, it feels different, but humanity, I mean, you saw, there was those, all those videos in Italy about how they had, they held a concert from their balconies and stuff and everybody's singing. You're like, they're talking like, I love seeing that stuff. That's so cool. And like the other day I was, I was cooking some hamburgers out on my balcony and there is a, because we we're on the second floor of an apartment complex, and we see there's there's a family that we kind of walk by every so often, say hi and stuff, and they start they're taking out the trash. And we kind of had this small conversation. We were it was all jokes and fun and just being, you know, happy with what we have and stuff. Because we still have families without we still have, you know, what was really important. And for me, it helped me kind of just re, you know how. I don't know if you've played the Wii, Jonathan, where the, you have to recalibrate your your controller. Yeah, you got to go corner to corner and something like that, right? Yeah. And for me, it, when this went down, I felt like it was just me having to recalibrate. Like, okay, this is what's really important. This is this is what really makes me happy, rather than you know this like you know fantasy fictional necessities. It's just I this whole event of us being inside being quarantined helped me see what really makes me happy and that i still have it and it, it feels really good honestly yeah it's almost like you got so much time on your hands you have no nothing else but self-reflection to to think about and you know that old saying you know you don't know what you miss until it's gone and we yeah. can't do anything so you're like damn <laughs> i didn't realize how much i i really appreciated going out with my friends <laughs> you know getting a drink somewhere so stuff like yeah. that Oh, yeah, totally yeah, I, yeah, I, I think um, what's going summarizing off of what you guys are saying is that I I learned the same from this as well. This movie is like self resiliency, and our ability to, amidst of whatever we're going through, that we could still have a positive attitude, and be grateful for what we do have, but also just kind of look forward with hope and um, just make the best of what we have, and to just keep moving forward and. If this lasts for a couple months, we'll still do it with a like a smile on our face, or just trying our best to help other people, so that no one else suffers more than they have to.
Yeah. I, I don't really have anything beyond to say what you guys do. I mean, you kind of covered it all. But I just wanted to spend, like, my time in Fallen to talk about, like, what each one of us can do to help with everything that's happening with the coronavirus. And also, like, give Jonathan a chance, um, as he's our positive news expert, to, like, share some of the positive things that people are doing, whether it's, like, on a community level or whatever. Um, but... Uh, there's just like a few simple things that we can all do from our home to help. Um, I already mentioned Podchaser. Um, whether you review our show or not, I would just go on there and review as many podcasts as you can because, like, really, it's something that I care so personally about because of how frequently I talk to these elderly people over the phone all the time. And I can't believe how many have mentioned, like, the need for Meals on Wheels and asking if Medicare can provide it and those types of things. So it's something that people are in need of and you can contribute just by taking a few seconds and typing up a review on Podchaser. So go check that out, of course. The other thing is to, um, of course, help us fly on the curve by staying home, washing your hands, don't touch your face, those types of things that everybody's saying. Um, but also help out your like local hospitals or healthcare locations, clinics, whatever it is. Um, there are tons of people there who are working nonstop, um, who probably aren't even taking time to eat lunch. So if you can donate like granola bars or trail mix or like things that you can like grab and eat quickly that fill you up while you're still going just donating things like that would be a huge help to everybody who's really kind of on those front lines fighting against a virus that we don't have a a cure for yet um, but they're doing so much for all of us so those are just some simple things that i thought that we could all do to do our part um but yeah if you guys have nothing else to say I'd, i'd love to hear some of the more positive things that jonathan knows about that that people are you know, positive news. Yeah. So, um, one of the things that I constantly harp on on my podcast is how there's a lot of, a lot of things, a lot of injustices that are going on in the world that people don't really care about per se. And mostly it's because if it, it does, if it doesn't affect us personally, we don't really pay too much attention to it. Right. That's just kind of who we are as people. As a species, we're just, you know, self-preservation. If it doesn't hurt me, then I don't really care about it. But with this, it's hurting so many people or it's affecting so many people that all these people have time on their hands now. So you have restaurants that are having to get creative and figure out ways to stay in business because that's one of the, the industries that's hurting real, like, real heavy right now. And uh, one of the things that they have that I found was really cool is um, they, they got flooded with this restaurant that got flooded with uh, a ton of business after they launched this adopt a doc or nurse um, catering services. So basically, you, let's say you're just going to order from this guy because you want to, um, what is it? You wanted to order some food from this guy and you have an option to, when you order your meal, you can order a meal for either a doctor or a nurse as well or a healthcare worker, whatever it is. And so that alone, in the first day, he's got he had like almost three times more than his regular business when his restaurant was open to the public. So things like that, you know, people are getting creative. Uh, another another. What, uh, what business is that? Is that? Do you know? Um. Yeah, I have it right here. One second, I'm trying to see. Um, oh yeah, no problem. Let me see. It's in California. Um. It's it. It's called Tootsie's. It's a Tootsie's restaurant in the Stanford Mall in, what is that? What place is that? Palo Alto in California. So California is huge, so I'm not sure exactly where it is, but it's called Tootsie's. And, you know, on the first day, he just got a ton of business. But um, 
another another really good news story that I I mean everybody loves animals most most people love animals I would say it's consensus <laughs> especially dogs um, every animal at Chicago animal control has been adopted so like um, I know wow yeah I know I was looking up different um, like shelters and stuff like that and for the first time you know because everybody's at home and everybody got a ton of time on their hand um, it's like all these shelters have minimal amount of dogs at the minute anymore. Like my wife and I are trying to look for a dog and now everything is online. So it's like a online service where you can like virtual meeting with it, with an animal to see if you guys meet or not meet, but match. And we can barely find a dog to adopt now because they're, they're just all been fostered or adopted or they're not in the shelters anymore, which makes me feel really good. That's um, really cool. I did not know that. Yeah. And Chicago, wow. you got to think Chicago's what the third largest city in, in America. Yeah. And their shelters completely empty. Every dog has been adopted. So it's that's super huge. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy cool. And and it's not only in the US either, you know. So um one of the one of the things that I covered on one of my podcasts was 78 elephants in this uh Thailand little supposed it's not a sanctuary but a tourist attraction have been permanently set free from carrying tourists on their back and when they did the interview with the guy he basically said you know um they're gonna have to revamp their stuff and they've been in the business since the 70s and people you know the first thing people like to do when they go to thailand is i mean i've been to thailand so people love riding elephants in thailand they like feeding the elephants and if we're being honest, they're not in the best living conditions in Thailand because they have a little bit of room to roam and they're carrying people all, you know, every single day. And this business is just like, listen, we're going to make it more humane. We're going to make it more of a learning experience for people who want to come and they can feed the animals and these animals won't ever have to carry people anymore. So it's good news like that. It's like they're going to have to revamp and they're going to have to change things and find a little more compassion. And uh, it's all for the better and like better quality of life for these animals. Especially elephants. Everybody loves that's elephants. That's so cool. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. That's really cool because my sister-in-law, she uh, works at the Hogo Zoo, and she's really passionate about just animals and being taken care of them. That's that's awesome news. Yeah. It's really cool because she, she's actually been to, um, I think it's Cambodia, I think. Don't quote me in on, on that. And she's, she's actually been out there to help elephants out and stuff. And that's, that's awesome. That's great news. Uh, that's sweetness. She'd probably really enjoy the fact that after 13 years um, with the social distancing, giant pandas are finally mating because the zoos are real peaceful and there's not a lot of people there. Giant pandas are finally mating now? Yeah, mating. They're not because, you know, a lot of times they had to do like the artificial insemination and all that stuff. So uh -huh. they're actually mating because they're not worried about everybody looking at them and all that type of stuff. So that's mean, there's a lot of. There's a lot of good news out there, and it's really hard to find when all the news coverage is about just how many people died today, how many people got infected today, what Congress is doing, or why we haven't done this, and why are borders opening, and the economy is failing. And it's like, yeah, those are all bad things that are out of our control right now, but sometimes you got to highlight some of the positives. So I thought, yeah, that I was like that. That's awesome, man. Uh, if you won't mind, Jonathan, I just wanted you to mention like what you covered on your one episode about what Chick Fil A is doing, and also like what's happening with like pollution 
and kind of like the climate. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so Chick Fil A, they the one of the branches in Chick Fil A, they had they had served over. Correct me if I'm wrong, like 500 meals or something like that, to just for free to uh, staff at the hospitals. They just you know went up and they were like, hey, here, and they they fed everybody free lunch and stuff like that. And there's plenty of um, there's a website I forget what it's called, um, but it's a list that you can go on. I'm going to get it for you right now. And that list has a list of restaurants. So it's not only like mom and pop shops, but like actual food chains that are doing things for this virus for all types of healthcare workers and some people like even, oh, you love Taco Bell, right? Taco Bell um, before (laughs) was giving out free tacos, like free, completely free for anybody. It doesn't matter if you were a healthcare worker or anything like that. So you could. Dang, I got that. I gotta hit that up. <laughs> um, where is it? Let me see. It's called Thrillist, and it's food food care. So they have like um, White Castle was getting a free meal. Starbucks was giving um, healthcare workers free hot coffee or or uh, cold brew coffees. Krispy Kreme was giving free donuts, and to uh, uh, first responders. They give free dozen donuts so they can give to their families and, and stuff like that. Um, some of the some of the more popular chains like Circle K, they were given free coffee and tea and Polar Pops. <laughs> uh, steak and Shake. Oh, I don't know man. if you guys have a Steak and Shake around you, but they were giving out free order of free orders of fries. Um, yeah, like there's I mean there's just there's a ton of them. There's a a whole bunch but oh i know um sam's club do you guys have sam's club out there yeah we got sam's club sam's club right now is giving a um people who uh, first responders or anybody who works in the medical field access to without a membership to their uh to their their stores so like they you don't oh. even need and and they're getting special hero shopping hours as well so it's like from eight to ten you don't need a you don't need a uh a health, all you need is your healthcare worker ID. Other than that, you don't need a membership, and you can just go to Sam's Club. Costco, I don't know if there's Costco's out there as well, but if you have a first responders card or some type of identification that says you're in the health industry, you get front-of-the-line privileges as well. So there's That's a, awesome. Yeah. There's news like that that needs to, I think needs to be covered a little more because um, if anybody needs it right now, it's definitely those people working on the front lines. Oh, yeah. It's also just like so it's so uplifting to like hear positive things happening. So I appreciate you sharing that with just Jonathan. But to all of our listeners, if you wanna, you know, feel as uplifted as I did as he just shared that, go subscribe to the Limelight Highlight wherever you listen to podcasts. But yeah, he's he digs this all up and finds it. It it is really like just a positive thing to listen to. I appreciate the shout out, guys. I appreciate you guys for having me on. It was this was really fun. I really like the the setup, the segments, all that stuff, sharing your thoughts on the on the movie, especially this type of movie. So, oh yeah, I really appreciate. This it. has been awesome. This has been a real treat. Yeah, glad to have you, man. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah. So, this is, yeah, this has been the Contagion episode, which has been very interesting, very timely. But we're glad to have Jonathan with us as well. Um, he's had a lot of great things to share, and definitely an expert at this. So, uh, yeah, we're uh. Go subscribe to him. All of the things that we've talked about, including the the links and, and different restaurants and ways that you can contribute that he mentioned, all of that's going to be in the show notes. Um, so, yeah, thanks, everybody, for listening.
Yeah, thanks for having me again. Yeah, you're welcome. But uh, ciao, ciao. I want to do, baby. Take care, guys. Dogs. Thanks. Later. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.